Blog Talk Radio. Broadcasting from Atlanta, Georgia, home of the world's greatest artist, TLC, Gladys Knight, India Ari, Indigo Girls, and Hartsfield Atlanta Jackson Airport, the Falcons, and Clark Atlanta University. This is The Bright Side with Technicia, a daily show with real people with real experiences. And now, here's your host, Technicia. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon. Welcome to another episode of The Bright Side with Technicia. I hope everyone is having a blessed day today. Today is August the 14th, 2018, and we are living really mighty fine in Atlanta, Georgia. It's looking real pretty sunny out there today. So far, so good. But here with me is Danielle DeRee. She has been through it all, and she still remains to be strong. After being sold by her father in Haiti, it was over 20 years before Danielle was reunited with her family again. She was adopted by an American family, but her struggles didn't end there. An abusive relationship landed her in a homeless shelter with two children, yet she used those hardships to become a strong survivor. And now Danielle is helping others through their struggles. So you don't want to miss this story at all. So sit back, have your mind open and your ears open. Danielle, I want to appreciate you for being here with us today to share your story and to to open others and lay them to this. And and whoever is going through a struggle out there, they're not alone. So thank you, Danielle. No, thank you for having me. Thank you very much. Danielle, let's go a little, let's step a little bit back, okay, um, from the 20 okay. years. Um, how how long were you homeless? I was homeless for about, let's see, I it was right after my second child was born, my son was born. I lost everything, and I probably didn't finally get my own place again until he was, I want to say, six months to eight months old. Wow. So, yeah. yeah. So I was probably homeless for at least eight months. Now, we're talking about your father. We're talking about your father ended up selling you. Um, what what gave him the intention to sell, sell you? Was that something normally done in Haiti? You know, my father, in Haiti, he's known as a respected preacher. So it was all about his, um, basically him not looking to everybody in the congregation. It was about his reputation. He did not want to them to know that he made a child with someone in the congregation. So instead of letting my mother and my auntie take care of me, who were very willing and wanted to keep me, he one day went up to my aunt's house who was taking care of me because my mother was so afraid that he would take me and do something. I was at my auntie's house. He came. He said, I'm just going to take her for a walk. And he never came back. And he sold me to a taxi driver. Again, this was to protect his reputation in the um, church community. 
Wow. Just to protect his image. You know, how, mm-hmm. how old were you, you Daniel, when he sold you? I was three. Wow, you still got a recollection. I mean, that's horrible and traumatic at the same time. You got a recollection of this at a three year. At three years old, you you remember what was actually going on. You knew what was going on. No three year old should even had to experience that. And a lot of it, honestly, I blocked out. A lot of it I blocked out because when I went into the orphanage, it, my father lied to the orphanage and said that the reason he was bringing me the reason I was in the orphanage, because finally after the taxi driver, thank goodness the taxi driver's wife was the orphanage director, so I was put in the orphanage. So then they called my father and said, why is she in the orphanage? And he lied and said, oh, her mother is dead. And he got a death certificate and everything for my mother. And so he said, I wanted to keep her, I, but I just can't take care of her. So for years, I thought my story was my father loved me so much, but he just couldn't take care of me. I forgot that I even lived with my auntie. And he just wanted to take care of me, but he couldn't. It was not till I was an adult that I find out the truth of that story. Wow. And then um, as the years, how long was it before you was adopted by an American family? I was in the orphanage only for about a year, and then I got adopted by the American family. Okay. So we're looking at a four or five years of age that mm-hmm. you were. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now you, say, now, you say, Dawn, even at that time, your struggle still wasn't over. What happened, Danielle? Oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't hear the last part. Even when you were adopted by American family, your struggles they just didn't end there. So, can you tell us what actually, what happened? Why why didn't they end? That looked like that should have been a a miraculous happening for you. Well, yeah, because first of all, I um, during that time, as in, as you know, I became homeless later on, and that was very trying. I was married to a very decent man. That was very trying, and but each of these things in my life that happened was just another stepping stool to make me stronger. Even though I was in a marriage that wasn't always abusive, it wasn't always abusive. It just started to get abusive after I got pregnant, and um, and I had to finally make the decision to I had to do something. I did not want to leave him. But I was starting to lose everything. He was starting to kind of live with someone else. And I was um, on high-risk pregnancy with, with my child. And so I wasn't working at that time. And things were just slipping out of my hands. And I couldn't do anything about that. So that probably brought another level of just hardship that I had to learn from. Right, and then this ended up, all these struggles ended up going into an abusive relationship. How, because um, I'm sh- sure that this person appeared to be as humble as possible, but it turned into something gloomy and, and became a yeah. hardship for you. 
Yeah, and it's and it's one of those things you go into a relationship and you love the person and you know their background and and he did have a background of um, abuse in his family, but he always talked about he never wanted to be like that. He never wanted to do that to anybody else. And and it's one thing to say that you don't want to be like the people who are around you, the people you grew up with, and it's another right. thing to exactly. And and that's oh, go ahead, Danielle. I'm oh. sorry. Oh, sorry. I was just gonna say, and that was the struggle. That was what was very um, hard for me to see. Is yeah, he ended up being exactly like who he said he wasn't, who he was not mm-hmm. going to be. And then also as a child. Go ahead. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Oh, no, Danielle. No, no. I was just saying, gave you all those promises. And it made me think about when I was doing my Facebook Live, I talked about cutting split ends and not talking about your hair, but the dead wood out of your life. And we have to pay attention to our relationships. And I call those kind of covert narcissists. They appear to be so good on the outside, but they're yeah. so they're evil on the inside. Uh, my yes, friend yes. is going through a, a similar relationship um, such as that. The man seems like he's charming, he's educated, mm-hmm. but he's a con artist. And she said he'll play that mind game like, oh, I didn't do that. What do you mean? So it, it's tiresome and it, it tears you down spiritually, yeah. mentally, and physically because she yes. went through. Um, I forgot what she called it, but a part of her thigh um, had to remove some type of muscle from it. I mean, it just breaks you down dealing with those kind because it's always mm-hmm. the mind game. Mm-hmm. And that's true. And and when you have children with someone like that, it's hard mm-hmm. because now we're dealing with not only what he did to me mentally or physically, we're dealing with children. And that was also another piece. He never wanted to be like anybody that he grew up with. Kids, he wanted kids, and it was going to be so different. And I've had to learn to protect my children from it as well. Oh, yes. Uh, Danielle, did your children, did you ever have to, I know you ended up in a homeless shelter. And Mm -hmm. I, I was thinking about my friend because she ended up in a homeless shelter, and now she has to fight this in court, the children are back with him, and that's a hardship on her. Did mm. the children, um, what about your situation? Did they ever have to lead up the court? Did you have to get a restraining order against him? Yes, yes. I had to get it. Actually, I, I've gotten a restraining order two times against him. Um, the first time was when I was in the shelter. He was living with a bunch of his friends and cousins at the time. I was in a shelter. He, um, came by one time because he, again, it's the the mind control. You owe me. You need to give me money. You And I'm in a shelter, you know, and he started getting loud and obnoxious and the kids were in the car and I had to shut my door and start driving away and he chased us in his car and and he's following me and chasing me and I'm thinking, oh, my God. Where am I going to? I see a police right there. I'm going to park right next to this police officer so he will mm-hmm. stop chasing me. You know, so many things are running through your head 
And um, after that, I went and got a restraining order from him. And um, to do that again at another time. And, And, yeah, I've had to go through court and deal with court with him as well. And so it's just, it's an ongoing struggle. And mm-hmm. I, and it's things that you, I live with to this day, but I trust and pray that even, even with this, this too shall pass. And I know I will get peace one day, even for my children. Right. If I it keep is. going through. I, I know it has to be. I was, when I, Listen to your story. I'm um, listening to her story through my mind, and that's what she was talking mm. about. Even though you're getting a restraining order, she was telling me you have to understand that actually they're not actually trained to deal with narcissist-type people. Yeah. They can only help you with so much and protecting you, and it's still an own. Mm-hmm. It is a still ongoing battle. Oh, Danielle, but he he would tell me at times. When mm-hmm. I said, when I would say, I'm going to call the police on you, he said, how long would it take for them to get here? Don't you Ooh. think I could do what I need to do faster than them getting here? And he was right. He was Ooh. right. A, str- right. a restraining order goes so far. But if someone wants to attack you, they can do it just like that. Right. I can imagine. And, and that at times would you know, he knew what to say and inside. And there was times where I would crumble and let him win because of the fear. And I had to learn to ignore those feelings of being afraid at times to remember I have power to get through this. I have the power. I need to learn how to use that power. And so... Yeah, they. it's just working with a narcissist is extremely difficult because they do not see that they are wrong or feel bad. Right, and he was right. It does take a while. By the time the police get there, yeah. I mean, you can have to be dead. We have seen so many cases like this on the news. Mm-hmm. And, 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 I mean, these restraining orders, there has to be something done because the restraining orders are not enough to actually protect you. And if you do have children, if you run, then it's almost like you're kidnapping them. So these are this yeah. is all reality to people. I mean, it's not as easy as it sounds. We say it if we're not in it. Oh, I do this, not do that. But if you're in this situation, it's not exactly. as simple to exactly. get out. It's not easy. Oh, let me run. Let me go take my children. It's not that. It's not that simple. Right. The way the court right. system works. The court system, it makes it so faulty. It's like, oh my God, like I'm I'm still going through this struggle. But somewhere. In you, Danielle, you came to the point of forgiveness. Was it hard to forgive after experiencing all these traumatic events in your life? Yeah, and yeah, and let me talk a little bit about that because forgiveness comes in all different ways and forms. We can forgive people, but we can mm-hmm. remember as well. And yes. we can choose to make wiser decisions or to know right. I can forgive them, but I will never let them in. And and so someone like my father, learning the truth about my father, that was a huge blow to me because for so many years, I thought this man loved me. And this was my father who loved me and wanted to protect me and did mm-hmm. the hardest thing in the world by giving me up for adoption, you know. 
And I just, it blew me away when I learned that that wasn't the, that wasn't the case. And so I had to come to terms with, you know, things happen for a reason. And that's what I look at in every situation. My friends will tell you, I say, what's the pros and cons of the situation? And there are cons, you know. There are the things that you can take away that just made you feel bad or made you. But then, and I always say, it's okay to feel those feelings. And then you get up and then you look at what was the positive? What did I grow from this? How can I grow from this? And and I know that my father, as as much as he did something that was wrong, mm-hmm. it taught me a lot. And I am stronger, and I am the kind of person that I can look at other people's situation and uh, understand because of different situations that I've been through. So I think when you can turn a negative situation into positivity, that's what is easier to grasp and to um, be able to forgive. It was it was very hard to forgive. It was very hard to forgive my ex-husband who put me through so much and put my kids through so much. But I can look at my children. My children are strong as well. And we are a close-knit family because we've had to. We've slept on one bed in a shelter, you know, and we've been, my daughter is protective of her brother. We've had to lean on each other in ways that, you know, some families didn't have to do. And so there's always things to take away from a situation, I feel like, and that is what helps you grow from it. Because if all you can see is the negative, it can bring you really deep down. And that's what happened to me at one time. I'm good. You're my... I am, Daniel. I'm glad you're standing and you're able to tell this. Um, as as been through abusive relationship, what is your take on how people should view the women who stay in abusive relationships? You know, sometimes they're ridiculed and people think they're weak mm. for staying in these situations, yeah. but people don't be understanding. It's hard to get out of situations like that. What's your take on it of how people should be viewing these women? I I think one is listen to their story before you judge anybody because the situation or the lifestyle that you have might not at all be what they have. They might have gone through something in their childhood like I did as well. I was sexually abused as well in my childhood. And sometimes, you know, when you are used to abuse, you're able to take it longer. You don't mm-hmm. feel like you deserve anything better. So instead of judging these women that are in situations that are so hard to get out of, it takes a miracle to be able to get out of situations like that sometimes, and it sometimes can take your life. So it has to be really looked at seriously and never judge because you don't know what's going on in that home. You don't know what she has to go through. You don't know if she's trying to protect her kids. It, there's a lot mm-hmm. going on. And and being the person that says, if you need anything, I'm here, is way better than why don't you just leave? Because they do want to leave. But they mm-hmm. haven't figured out how yet. 
Exactly. No one wants to stay around and get beat up or talk exactly. to no one. And we do look at that. Oh, y'all be shaming yourself. I'll leave. And don't be understanding. It's not that easy. Um, the young lady who I was speaking about, she also had a book um, that she was reading. And I wish I could think of it. It was the signs. It was on basically about, you know, we actually see the signs of these abusive people. We mm-hmm. might don't recognize them and know them, basically, but we already be on seeing the signs. It's just that, mm-hmm. like I said, we don't we don't recognize it. You know, you you see the signs that they're crazy. They they already there. We just don't know yep. what they're called. Yep. Um, I wish I could think of that book. And when I come up with that book, I'm gonna make sure I have it yeah. written down in my yeah, notes. Yeah, please I'm, let me know. It's an awesome book. It was. It was. It's a, it's an awesome book, and I think that'll be helpful yeah. for any woman out there who's going through the physical, sexual, psychological harm. Exactly. Um, and one thing, if you're dating a man, it, listen to exactly what he's saying. Don't make up things in I, your mind, oh, he really means this. Yes. Listen to what he's saying and believe mm-hmm. him. Yes. Take heed to it. If he's saying yeah. it already, you know, you might need to go, you might need to exit on out, left stage. Okay, nice knowing you. Goodbye. You know, yep. Yep. Exactly. Yep. We'll be hearing it, and I agree with that. We do. We see, we see, we see it. Sometimes you just want to give it a chance, saying, "Ah, just let yep. me brush it out my shoulder." No, save your head from going to a wall. I lived next door to a young lady when I was growing up, and mother used to stay getting beat, be known, got beat so badly, knocked her eye out, and it was like, "Wow, I, I don't want to go through that." I never saw my mom get abused, mm-hmm. so thank goodness I never um been through it, and hopefully it don't mm-hmm. happen to my daughters. But any woman going through it, listen to Danielle's story. There is a shining light on the other side, but you have to be strong. Don't give up because it breaks you down mentally. It could take it could take you out. Um, after, oh. you know, Danielle, what was your reason for really going back after this rough childhood? Why did you want to reunite with him? What was your purpose? To to reunite with who? Yes, um, just just going back to your father. You know, I I don't. I can't say what I would do in my situation, but for people out there who's probably wondering, like, you went through this, why? Mm-hmm. Why even reach out mm-hmm. to them? And, you know, before I learned about, again, I didn't learn about what he had done till, let me see, three years ago, four years ago? Four years ago. Yes. Four or five years ago is when I learned. And I haven't seen him since. Now, he recently got out of prison in Haiti and reached out to me, and every single time he's reached out to me, it's for money. And at that time, I emailed him and said, why did you do this? Why did you lie to me? And he, to this day, will say, well, it was to protect you. It was to protect you. And, um, but I'm going to see him in December because I'm going to Haiti for my mother's wedding in December, and I'm going to see him. And at that time, yeah, I'm going to ask him some questions. It's 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 more closure because I feel like I've been lied to my whole life, and I just want him to know I know the truth, and you might have done it for evil, but God did it for good, and I am not going to hold on to what you did to me, but I just want to. I want to talk to you and let you know that I know, I know what happened. 
And he lied to my family. He told my family I was dead for a little while to the point where they almost had a funeral for me because Mm -hmm. they didn't know where he took me to. So, you know, it was, and I see a lot of people in my family has forgiven him. And so it was something that he did to everybody around me, not just me. And for his own evil uh, thoughts in his own head. And so, yeah, when I see him, I don't carry that weight of anger, but I do think sometimes you just got to let somebody know that this was wrong. But I I was not crushed from it. Right. I'm glad, like I said, you're here with celebrating your life where you had you accomplished all the things, still more that you want to. I'm very proud you left him. Your children mm. are healthy. You're safe now. But it falls back yeah, on the community as well. We, we as a whole, we have to become not just refuge staff or the social workers or the police, but we got to believe in these women. We got to know the situation best. We got to understand and trust women. It's one of the most important things society can offer to create safety for a woman and help make her decision to leave this person yeah. Um, easier. Because what people now understand, that, I mean, with the emotional abuse, it, it gradually, it becomes more intense. And then you got the physical abuse. It's, it's setting in. And this is a whole mm-hmm. lot on a woman. Yeah. Yeah. And mine, uh, what I kind of told, what I've told people in the past about it, the mind is a powerful thing. And when you it have is. someone telling you every single day, you are terrible, you are horrible, you aren't worth mm-hmm. anything, you're bad, you're evil, no right. one wants you. When you're told that every day by somebody that you love, by somebody that you think knows you the best, you start to think, well, maybe he's right. I mean, he must see something in me that I didn't. And you start to believe mm-hmm. these things, and that is their way to control you. And that is your, and that is you starting to fall into this pathway of being controlled, because he has this hold on you, and now you believe the things right. that he's saying. Exactly. And they try to make you feel like you overreact in certain situations, yeah. so they give you excuses and say, "Oh, maybe like it's because of you, you the way you act." That that way I respond. Yeah. That way you know, and it's not really a big matter in your eyes at that time because. Most of the time they are. We are emotional creatures, um, and we feel mm-hmm. really bad about the situation. That's why I think women find it hard to resist that urge because we always feel it's our fault that we are partially to blame. And see, that's where that psychological behavior comes in. Oh, it's your fault. You did it. That's yeah. why you. That's why you got beat up. Just like the movie J Lo played in enough. Oh, what did you do to him? What you mean? What I do to him? He beat me. So now it's exactly. making me feel like it's my fault because I got slapped up against the wall. Exactly. Exactly. And you start to believe that. You start to believe something that he would say to me all the time is every action has a reaction. So if I make mm-hmm. him mad, then he's going to do something that basically punishes me for making him mad. So then you start to think, okay, then all I got to do is not make him mad. That's all I got to do. Don't make a mess. And see, again, it's 
it's not about you making them mad. And then I started to understand, no, you have control of your own feelings and of your own reactions. I don't control that. And so, but, but again, it's just all trying to control how you feel on things so then you are unsure of yourself. Unsure of yourself. You are. And it's hard to find an identity, get your self-identity back. You're stuck on what they said. You lose your own identity in these types of situations. But I want to take a break. We're going to come back with Danielle. So I don't want anybody to touch that dial. We'll be right back after this. Thank you so much. Thought it was over? Not yet. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. You're listening to Blog Talk Talk Radio, baby. Listen, my life changed because someone was there to get me to use drugs. No one can understand. Whether or not they've struggled with addiction themselves, people seem to think that having someone who will listen is going to help make it better. I'm realizing that I, I need help. I'm listening. I need help. I'm realizing that I think that having someone who will listen is going to help make it better. Whether or not they've struggled with addiction themselves, people seem to understand. No one can get me to use drugs. My life changed because someone was there to listen. One in seven Americans will struggle with addiction during their lifetime. Want to know how you can help? Go to heretolisten.com for tips and tools to help turn addiction around. A public service announcement brought to you by the Ad Council. All right, we're back. And if you've been tuning in, please make sure you share this show for someone who needs to hear this message and know that life is still good on the other side once you get there. But I'm here with Danielle, who's been speaking on her story of how she was sold at the age of three in Haiti to someone else. And then not only her struggles did not stop there. It continued on even when she got adopted by an American family. And then after she thought that she found the perfect love of her life, it still continued on with the aspect of her having two children. But she's here to tell you that life is beautiful on the other side. It takes time, but it can get easier way down the road. Danielle, um, or even at times, even though you completely recover. Are there some days that the emotion may still come up even though you're out of the relationship? Do you do your system kind of still engage with that feeling? Yeah. And I wanna I wanna also let people know this is not something I I don't want anybody to think that I'm going away saying I'm healed, you know. I'm right, healed. Yeah. Everything is because it is a process. It is a process yeah. that will take and it can take a lifetime sometimes. Now, what I am is I I have more power over my thoughts and my feelings. I had a nightmare not too long ago of him breaking in through my house, and I woke up, and I my chest was heavy, and I was breathing fast, and I couldn't sleep at all. So it's something that still goes on, but then but you're able to come out of it faster. You're able to get through it faster. You don't live in the fear as much anymore. And so um, I just want to, for those people out there who's in the situation, 
and it's hard for you to move past it. It's not something that you can move past. It happened to you. You survived through it, and it happened to you. But it's being able to not letting it cripple you any longer. Now, how are you now able to help people who find themselves in that situation, maybe with a rough childhood? How are, um, how are you able to help other women who have gone through the same circumstances? Um, I try and reach out in any way they're ready for me. Some, some okay. women are just wanting to speak on it. They're in the situation, but they're not ready to leave the situation. And I understand that. Sometimes you'll take it until you can't take it anymore. And and I will I will be there in however way that they need at that moment. I get calls sometimes at three in the morning, four in the morning. Fine, if that's what you need at that moment. Until you're ready to take the steps to leave. And it's a hard, it's a hard, hard step to take. I can I can imagine. Danielle, with your take on going through this, what's the link between aggression and anger and violence in, in your term? The link between aggression, anger, and violence? Yes. Ooh, that's an interesting question. Um, so when you look at someone and and you try and find out how they handle the situation. I find it very upsetting if someone gets upset at you and the blaming, they are not wrong in any way. Blaming, they're not wrong, and the, un, the inability to be able to forgive. These three things combined together can is something alarming, and I feel like you have to take a closer look at that. Are they trying to punish you when they get angry? Because in the beginning, that's kind of how it starts. You don't see it as anything, but you just feel like, oh, my goodness, they're still angry. They're still upset. Give me. This is something that, I feel like in the beginning it's looked at as small, but it can lead to violence. Does that kind of answer what you were saying? Um, it, it, it does. It does, Danielle. I appreciate that. Is there, is there a certain profile of women who are battered? You know, certain men have their picks on maybe she looks vulnerable. Um, I think now this is interesting too because the more I study this, the more I look into this, any woman can become vulnerable. Any woman can. You can take a high profile woman who has her own business or company and, you know, you think that no one can, you know, penetrate her theme or anything like that, but any woman can become that woman. But the easier, the easier, um, person that they sometimes try and go after is the women that have had abuse in their in their childhood. Mm-hmm. That one is easier. The person that has had to deal with um, this type of father that it's my way or the highway. 
you know, the um, person that, someone that they can kind of form into their, what they want. That is the easier person. But, I mean, we just have to always remember, though, even though that's the easier person, never, never think that you could never be that woman. Exactly, because it can happen to you. And I find a lot yeah. of times from interviews, most of the time women say, you know, you give these men a little bit about, about your background. They take that and run with it and use it and put that against you. Oh, well, you already been through this, and they doing the exact same, same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, of course, like I said, you respond to yours differently to being abused. Some women... They got that very clear sense that the abuse they experienced early on in a relationship absolutely unequivocally not acceptable. And some other women, um, they have a hard time understanding that, hey, this is not the way they think the abuse is the love, right. and it's it, it's it's actually right. not. Um, now we talked a little bit about society. I did mention that. What are some of your tips that we could do as society to stop violence against women? to stop violence against women. Oh, well, I mean, I think it all starts with speaking to the women because the men who do the violence or, I mean, and this can be men doing violence on women. There's cases with women who do violence on men. There's cases with parents who do violence on children. They're all, they're all equally important, but it all starts with ourselves. And it all starts with what we will and will not accept. What we will uh, think is, ah, you know, we'll kind of let it pass. Or, and that's what I think when I was saying earlier before to people, um, basically listen to exactly what they're saying and what they're doing mm-hmm. and, and believe it from the very beginning. Believe it. Yeah. Don't give excuses because if they if they do things from the very beginning, then it's gonna grow. I I know I know a lady right now that I've been speaking with that I've been speaking with and she has Facebook and Instagram and all these and one day nothing. She just deleted all of them and I asked her why. And she said, Well, he got mad because of a picture that I posted. And the picture I saw, it was just her at the gym with her, you know, workout material just saying, you know, I'm working hard, you know, let's do this. There was nothing wrong with that picture. But he got mad at it and wanted her to delete all her social media. Women, if if you are in a place where, and he was mad for a very long time. He wasn't going to forgive her. He wanted to almost punish her for what she was doing. These mm-hmm. are subtle signs. Yes. These are subtle signs. Not saying it's a bad thing to, if you need to get away from your social media. I mean, by all means, do it. But it's not get away from your social media because someone is so angry at you, wants to punish you, wants to control what you're doing. That mm-hmm. is not okay. No, it's not. It is not. And 
I want to add on to that. You got to believe in yourself and tell yourself you deserve better. And I know it's hard, mm-hmm. but you can get out. You don't have to live like this. No matter what that man tells you, never ever believe that that abuse is your fault. I don't, I don't exactly. care. Like you said, exactly. he'll, try to flip. he'll try to flip. That's why I call them covert narcissists. Narcissists are the biggest lie. I can't stand them. They, they mm-hmm. manipulate Very good con mm-hmm. artists, and they come in the form of a charming snake. That's what they do. They come in the form mm-hmm. of a charming snake. Yeah, like they're your best friend. They don't even have to really be yep. on you. But when he start talking to you with a verbal abuse, that's enough for me. Cause I'm yep. you ain't gonna talk too much junk to me now. I think I'm gonna stand there and, and keep taking it. But you know, yeah. like I said, yeah. you have to. You gotta have a strong mind. No, you I do. and I think you do. Like, know your boundaries. Right, know your boundaries. So help me know your boundaries. Know your boundaries. Um, and I said it on my Facebook live. You got to know, pay attention to relationships. Make sure that you're not the only one giving in this relationship. Watch exactly, those signs. Exactly. Watch those signs. Exactly. Uh, they, they are there. The signs are there. We just got to recognize them. They're there, ladies. They're there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Daniel, mm-hmm. what's, what's the situation now with you and your ex? The situation now, like I said, is sometimes a continuous thing. We are, I just filed some court papers again because um, there's been just, it's very hard to get him to stick to our, we have a parenting plan. It's hard for him to stick to the parenting plan. And I used to fight for him to see his children. Now I'm at the mm-hmm. point where I realize that sometimes, Sometimes seeing them is not the best thing for them. I'm seeing little signs in my son, and, you know, I listen to them talk about when they come home from daddy's house, and I just realize, you know what, this is another thing that I have to go through and learn. Sometimes the fight that I have for him to be a part of their lives is not the fight that I should be doing. Mm -hmm. And... And um, when you see that the parent is being more of a negative influence on your on your children, then you have to you have to rise up and speak up because you got to protect your babies. And yeah. so that's that's what we're going through right now. Oh Danielle, I tell you, I I I don't know what to say, but it's coming from a woman. You strong. You are. This is this is a battle. Um, it really is, and you did right getting out of there. Children don't need to see that because they'll think that's acceptable, especially if you have daughters or even even boys. They'll think it's okay mm-hmm. to be on a woman or a little girl. Think it's okay exactly. for a man to be on her. No child should have to experience that. None, none. And and for those women who and I and I want to also speak towards women who get with men who are not positive for their kids. This is this is a serious thing that a lot of women are doing now too because they want that love because they're searching for that love. And no mm-hmm. none of that is more important than protecting your little children. Because they're going to grow up and be exactly what you probably don't want them to do for their lives. Okay. You bring into the home those people that you bring into the home, be careful. There's on the news so many times, you know, the boyfriend beat my kid or anything like that. Be careful who you bring into your home. 
You do. You have to. Um, and people have to understand, once you let a person into your life, you're not just letting them into, you're letting their soul into, their spirit into. Yeah. All their yes. energy is connected to you. That's why you have to be careful of who you sleep with and yep. who you are with because they're, they're everybody, their spirit is so different. Some people's spirit, you be like, Lord, have mercy, get up off me. I got to shank it off, do some seance. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Get, mm-hmm. Yep. get that out. Yes, yes, exactly. You don't want and you most, don't want that in your home. Mm-mm, you don't. Most of the time, women stay because of money reasons. We feel that you know yep. we can't go on. My mom was in that yep. certain situation. He was very verbally abusive. Then put his hand on her, but he was verbally abusive, and he only was doing it because of the money. My mom didn't have that sense to say, "Okay, I don't need this money, bro. I I, I need to move yep. on." A lot of women do that. They're not capable of making it on their own. Mm. And that that is that is a lot of it. The money they feel comfortable where they at. They think they need the help. They you know and yeah you don't you if you need to start all over again you can. I've done it. I've started from zero where we were all sleeping on the floor. You can do it. Peace of mind is way better than this ongoing tension or negativity in the home. Peace of mind goes very far. Mhm. And they, as we mentioned, Danielle, they they play so much. They get you to that point where you, as a victim, you no longer actually recognizing yourself. You don't you don't even mm-hmm. know who you are any longer. You you lost that grit reality. Um, you start feeling like all this is made up. You feel like it's paranoid. I mean, I can go on because I have heard the stories from other women. You you think yep. you're imagining that this this is not happening. Yep. Something you do. Me. You do. Yeah, it's all mind control, and it's a true thing, right? Don't take it lightly. It's a true thing, and you really start to feel like you are the one that's messed up. You are the one that's messed up. Right. I mean, yeah, um, it is. To me, um, abuse goes on as long as it can, especially when you're in a relationship. But it, to me. As we said, there is hope, and abuse only thrives. It's going to thrive in peace. Um, I mean, in silence. If you're not speaking up about yeah. it, it's going to keep yeah. it's going only keep going on. Um, and I feel that if you are healing, uh, one of my um, one of my followers said, just meditate 20 minutes twice a day, and you'll be fine. Great suggestion, but I think it goes beyond just meditation. Yeah, yeah, it does. I mean, I, I meditation fine, but you have women who have been abused so much that they can't even think for themselves. So what do you tell them? You can't go and tell every abused woman, "Oh, go ahead, meditate for twenty minutes. You'll be all right." Right. Yeah, that's right, not right, going right. to happen. That's not going to happen. <laughs> <I'm> gonna... <laughs> and excuse me, not for no offense, not trying to bring race, but not for a black woman. You're not going to tell me right. I need to go meditate. I want some meditation. Right. I don't need to meditate. My mind comes to I need to retaliate or do some revenge. Bump their yeah, meditation. Need to, yeah. Somebody needs to learn today. <laughs> okay. You're going to put it. You're going to be like Al Green with some high bricks. Yep. Get you to sleep. Yep. Go to sleep. <laughs> yeah. I mean, medic- I know medication will not go. Right. 
Yeah. Yeah, I know we joking, but I don't think most women, I'm sure if they could pick up a pot of high grit, they would have done it. But your mind be so brainwashed, you can't even think for your own self. Your thinking pattern has actually gone, but I appreciate you for your comment, sir. But yeah, that that meditation probably will not work on anyone at this moment. Danielle, what are some other suggestions that you could probably give women out there on tips if they're going through this situation? Um, We know you probably go to a shelter, but what are some other ways to overcome this abusive situation? Well, I mean, I want every woman to know you have to get out of it as hard as it is. You you have the power to get out of it because you deserve better. I mean, all these women need to know they deserve better. Because sometimes it just is like, I, well, this is this is my life. This is, you know, and you deserve better. So I, I really would love these women to understand that this is not something that they need to go through, their children need to go through. You can have a life that is beyond the abuse, and you can be a beacon of hope for another woman out there. You'll take it in, until you can't take it anymore, and hopefully you can find a way to get out. Yes. Yes. Well well said, Danielle. Well said. I, I tell you, I really have enjoyed our conversation. I hope anyone out there listening today that you you find that strength. I don't, um, no one can actually... No one can give it to you. You have to be able to find your own. And it takes it takes time. This this is mm-hmm. not something that's gonna happen overnight. You have to be strong for yourself and if you have kids, you gotta be strong strong for them. Um like yeah. I said, I have interviewed so many I have interviewed so many women who go who went through this. One of my guests, she went through the point where um it was like more so verbal abuse. Um, ended up getting mm-hmm. pregnant. Man told her one thing, and he did another. He wanted that control over her life. Didn't want her to be happy. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, the, as Daniel and I said, the signs are actually there. We we just have to pay attention to them and overcome the look because they come they come charm. They come as a yeah. charming and they they, they will fight you. My ex is extremely charming. People who meet him think he's great, wonderful. He he'll make everybody laugh and just I mm-hmm. mean you would never believe this other side in him. Right. Yeah, very, very charming. Yes, they are. But Danielle, thank you so much for being here. I had a pleasure um having you on. Uh-huh. Thank you so much. It was so nice to be able to get my story out. Hopefully that there's a woman out there or anybody out there that really just felt something from it and, and can make steps in their own lives if they're in the situation. I wanted to ask this before we even let go and give my truth of the day. Are you planning on, somebody said, thank you, Danielle. Danielle, appreciate oh, you, you too. Thank you, Thomas. Thank thank you. and and share And share it. Please share this live with someone because someone needs to hear this. They need that motivation right yeah. now. They're somewhere wondering, is there hope? That's why I have these shows for people to listen to. I didn't want to stick to just politics. You get enough of that. We hear enough about Trump all day long. I didn't want to talk about right. money. You can, you can go right. to seminars for that. I want my show to be opened up with real guests who are going through 
stuff. That's why I have different topics on. Please make sure to share that. Uh, Danielle, are you planning on having a book out about this? Yes, I am, actually. I am working awesome. on a book right now. And I will definitely share that with all you, all you guys after I, I after I complete this. But yep, I'm working on a book. Oh, that's good. I cannot wait for it to come out. Yes, we need that. Um, but before I leave any of you, you know I have to give you the truth for the day. This is from my friend and a former guest, Mary Ellen Signovich. It is not your station in life, but your heart that brings blessings. If you are poor, live wisely. If you have riches, live wisely. For the most beautiful things in the world are not seen or touched. They are felt with the heart. This universal force of love keeps you going. At times, you may feel like you won't make it through the night. Then you awake to another day. God's law of love and grace has pulled you through. This invisible force of good guides you even when you turn away from. Today, remember God is present with you always. Live from your heart. Enjoy the day. And for the person who just asked what the book about, um, the book is not out yet. So Danielle is working on a book. Um, yeah. Today's topic, we, we was talking mainly on the subject of abuse and how to actually get out of it. Uh, please, you can always find the live replay. You can look at the live replay on this. And if you're listening to the replay through the internet, you can find that at www.brightside.tk. The replay is always going, so definitely make sure you share with your friends and family. And you can always find me on social media. I'm, I'm always around, so definitely you'll find that on my on the radio show, too, where you can send me emails or, or whatnot. But I thank everybody for tuning in. Thank you so much, Danielle. I cannot wait to have you on again when that book hits. Yes, I will definitely let you all know when that does. Thank you so much for having me on. It was a pleasure speaking to everyone. It was. You know, we go through so much. Danielle and I went through the ups and downs, coordinating times and everything, but it's the reason for everything. I was not going to give yeah. up. I wasn't going to give up until I had Danielle <laughs> on because her story was meant to be heard. It was. Yes, yeah. Thank you for not giving up. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> You're welcome, Danielle. Most definitely. Um, but thank you so much again. Everyone that has been my time. I thank you so much for listening. I'll see you next time on the Bright Side with Technicia. God bless. Thanks for listening to the Bright Side with Technicia. If you like what you heard, tell your dad, mother, cousin, uncle, whomever. Be sure to check out the archive section at www.brightsidewithtk.com.